<gasps> Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Supermoth. Da 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 da. Crying out loud. Yes, you're right. Pedestrians are crying. Civilians need your help. What will you do, Super Squirt? I really think you need to reconsider that superhero name. I don't know about you, but Super Squirt does not sound family friendly. Look, I'm not the one with the dirty mind. Get your mind out of the gutter, Mr. Moth. Mothman. Okay, I've changed my mind. You are now a villain. Honestly, Kong, can you just, can you just, can you just roll the damn credits? Just help somebody roll the credits, please. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Legendary Africa, your African myth, legend, and lore podcast. I am coming to your ear canal straight from my lovely wee room in Edinburgh. Did I? Did I just say wee room? Uh, oh my god. I'm, I'm being converted. I'm sorry, Africa. I'm self-colonizing. I failed you. <laughs> <clears throat> from my lovely little room in Edinburgh, but the weather is, well, uh, dull. It's it's cloudy, it's not raining, but it's uh, about as overcast as my soul right now. Still, I have to say, the weather here is much better, usually, than I was led to believe. And I regret opening my mouth. No, but seriously, it really is so lovely here. I am so happy to be here. Everyone is so friendly and welcoming, and there are so many dogs in my neighborhood, which just makes me want to squee! Anyway, today's stories are about uh, your favorite tricky family, the jackals. If you've never met Jackal or his family before, then welcome to the trickiest creature from African animal folklore. Jackal is always getting up to nonsense, and his family isn't much better than him. Our first tale follows Jackal himself and a rather unfortunate encounter with Tortoise. Our second tale follows Jackal's eldest son, Jackal the Elder, who tricks the mightiest creatures one after the other until he's brought to a crushing stop by an unlikely beast. Lastly, we meet Jackal's youngest son, Jackal the Younger, who misses with the wrong sheep. The sun rose one day. The animals woke up to find themselves without water. A great drought had descended upon the land, and all the great streams and rivers had run dry. After much debating, the animals got together several search parties and went off searching for water. For many days their search was in vain, but at long last they came across a very small spring. They decided to dig and make a well so that all the animals would be able to drink, so all the animals took turns toiling and labouring, except, of course, for Jackal who always made some excuse or the other, and got someone else to do his part of the work. Finally, the well was done, but the animals held counsel and decided that Jackal should not be permitted to drink 
as he did not contribute anyway to their hard work. As such, they needed a protector of their new well to make sure Jackal could not sneak any water from it. After some discussion and voting, it was decided that Rabbit would guard the well. And so Rabbit stood guard while the other animals went home. But Jackal had been eavesdropping on the council and waited until the other animals had left before approaching Rabbit with a big, friendly grin. Rabbit, good morning, good morning, my dear Rabbit, he exclaimed with a hearty clap on Rabbit's back. Rabbit fell forward from the friendly blow with a small oof. Jackal quickly helped him up with an apologetic smile. Oh my goodness, so sorry, Rabbit, so sorry. Sometimes I don't know my own strength. There, let me dust you off there. There we go, he said, patting Rabbit lightly down, making dust rise in little clouds. Rabbit scowled and wrinkled his nose as the dust flew up. Good, good, good morning, D-D-Hachoo! A great sneeze interrupted him. Jackal laughed. Ah, bless your little paws, Rabbit, he said, sitting down next to Rabbit and taking out a little bag and unfastening it. What a lovely day for a bite of honeycomb, don't you say? He added, taking a piece of golden honeycomb from the bag and taking a small bite, licking his lips in satisfaction. Mm-mm. Rabbit watched him curiously, his one leg tapping out an unsteady rhythm on the ground. Uh, well, now, uh, what's that, Jackal? He asked, cocking his head, one ear sticking straight up at the crunching noises emanating from Jackal's mouth. Jackal swallowed and said, Ah, this here is honeycomb, Rabbit. With this, I never get thirsty and do not need water. That's so much more delicious than water, he added, taking another piece out of the bag. Rabbit licked his lips and eyed the second piece. Can I have a small piece, Jackal? He asked, paws twitching towards the piece. Jackal grinned. Why, of course, my dear friend, of course, of course, he said, and handed him a very small bit. Rabbit eagerly ate it up and licked his paws. Mm, oh, that was delicious. Please, please let me have a little more, Jackal, he asked, eyes fixed on the honeycomb. Jackal's grin grew, and he took more out of the bag. Of course, of course, of course, of course, but I must ask you to tie your paws together and lie down so that I can feed the honeycomb to you easily, my dear friend. And Rabbit, his thoughts too occupied with the lovely taste of the honeycomb, didn't think twice about Jackal's request, and did as requested. When Rabbit was tied up and Jackal had placed him on his back, he left him there and ran to the spring, drinking greedily in large gulps. When he had his full, he turned tail and ran back to his den, leaving Rabbit miserably wailing. Oh, how cruelly I've been tricked. Oh, and I still didn't get any honeycomb. <laughs> Somebody, please help me. Finally, the other animals heard Rabbit's wailing and returned to find him tied up. Rabbit, what on earth happened to you? They asked him, untying him and patting the dust off. Rabbit sniffled and explained to them, <laughs> it, was, it was that miserable jackal. He tricked me with this delicious food tied me up and then drank from the spring and just left me there. Many of the animals shook their head in disapproval and without much sympathy, while a lion clipped Rabbit behind the head in anger. Foolish Rabbit, you are a true idiot to let Jackal trick you so. We need a much sharper watchman. Who volunteers? He added with a low growl. <laughs> making the hairs of the animals around him stand on end in fear. Soon, Hare stepped forward his nose wriggling with excitement and nerves. I will serve as guardian, mighty lion, Hare spoke, 
lifting his one paw in the air solemnly. Lion considered, and then nodded, and he, along with the other animals, left here in charge of guarding the water, while Rabbit left ashamed, his ears drooping. It was not long before Jackal returned, and seeing Hare guarding it this time, chuckled softly to himself. With a quick check over, Jackal bounded into the clearing, grinning fondly at Hare. My dearest Hare, well, hello, 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 he exclaimed, plonking himself next to Hare with an amiable wink. A very good morning to you, sir, he added. Hare nodded politely at him, cautious not to be swayed by Jackal's charms. Good morning, he replied quietly, and then turned away from Jackal. The trickster frowned slightly, but quickly cleared his throat. <clears throat> Such a good day in front of us, perfect for the bite of honeycomb, don't you think? Jackal said, taking a piece of the golden honey out and tromping happily down on it. Hare glanced his way, eyes darting to the honeycomb. The delicious aroma of the golden treat wafted towards him and made his stomach grumble. He hadn't been able to eat that morning due to his early guard shift. He tried to look away, but the sound of crunching drew him back. Jackal saw him watching out of the corner of his eye and made a satisfied noise as he took another bite. Mmm, perfect for these hot days. And you know, here, this is a meal and drink in one. Once you eat this, you don't care for water anymore. Mighty, mighty handy in these times, I might say, Jackal added. His smirk deepening as he saw Hare gazing longingly at the honeycomb. Oh, let me have a small bit then, dear Jackal, Hare finally said, his resolve breaking. Jackal clapped his paws in delight. Excellent, my dear Hare, excellent, certainly, certainly. Just let me tie your paws behind you, lay you down, so I can easily squeeze the honey into your mouth. Hare was so hungry at this point, he quickly assented. Jackal quickly tied him up and plunked him on his back. Feeling the slightest bit of remorse, after all, here was a decent fellow. Jackal fed him a small piece of honeycomb before taking off towards the water and drinking to his heart's content. Then he quickly set off to his den. When all the animals returned in the evening to drink their portion of the water, they found Hare all tied up and looking rather sheepish. Lion scowled and dragged a great paw of his face in annoyance. And now, he roared, I thought you were smarter than Rabbit, but here we find you tied up with honey all over your mouth. Rabbit shrunk into himself and answered in a shaky voice. It's Jackal again, Lion. He, he tricked me into eating this delicious honey and I quite lost my senses. <laughs> Lion growled, cutting hair off abruptly. I do not care to hear your simpering excuses. Who among us can actually perform this simple task? After a moment's silence, Leopard stepped forward with old Tortoise by her side. My good friend, Tortoise, is wise, experienced, and stronger than the best of us, Leopard spoke, ignoring the offended look Lion gave her. If he is so willing, I vote Tortoise to be our guardian, she added, nosing Tortoise forward in encouragement. Tortoise nodded respectfully to her, and then turned his ancient eyes to Lion. I am willing to take this task upon my shell, he said, his voice raspy with age. The animals gazed doubtfully at the old, seemingly feeble tortoise, but Lion, 
although he would never admit it, trusted Leopard's judgment, and so he nodded in agreement. Yes, well, very well, very well. Tortoise shall be our guardian. And so it was settled, and the other animals all left Tortoise to guard the water. Soon enough, Jackal bounded up again and grinned amicably at Tortoise. Good morning, my dear wise Tortoise, good morning, good morning. But Tortoise ignored him, did not even spare him a glance. Jackal stared at him. He cleared his throat and tried again. <clears throat> I said good morning, dear Tortoise, good morning. But still, the old tortoise seemed not to hear him, his eyes almost completely closed. Jackal's mouth twisted in annoyance. What, is the old codger asleep? Is he even alive? Jackal wondered. He crept up to him and, leaning down, whispered straight into where he thought tortoise's ear was. Tortoise, hello, dear tortoise. But still, tortoise did not so much as twitch a muscle. Jackal was really annoyed now. Fine, I'll just kick you over and continue on my way, stupid shelled creature. And with those thoughts, Jackal brutally kicked Tortoise so hard that he fell over, and then moved towards the well. But before he could dip his muzzle towards the water, a fierce pain shot up his leg, making him scream out. Tortoise had him firmly by the leg, his powerful jaws clamped around him. Jackal shrieked out and tried to wrench his leg out of Tortoise's mouth, but the grip simply tightened, threatening to snap his leg clean in two. Jackal started sobbing. Stop! Stop! Let me go, you mad creature! You'll kill me! But the tortoise did not relent. Jackal desperately reached for his bag and waved a piece of honeycomb in tortoise's face. Look! Tasty honey! Don't you want some? But tortoise gave no notice, except for a slight tightening of his mighty jaws. Jackal's cries soon drew the other animals to the scene, and seeing them, Jackal gave one last desperate tug. And this time, Tortoise relented, satisfied that Jackal had been humiliated. As the other animals laughed and pointed after him, Jackal tucked his tail between his legs and limped off as quickly as he could. All the animals cheered and praised Tortoise, insisting that he should be the first to drink from the water for his mighty deeds that day. Our next tale occurs some years later after Jackal had passed onto the next world. His eldest son, Jackal the Elder, whom we shall simply call Jackal for the sake of efficiency, found himself continuing his father's mischievous ways. Jackal was considered handsome by many, strong and agile, and pleasant to most around him. He had many good friends too, although this did not stop him from his tricky ways. The friend he saw most often, mostly because they occupied the same hunting grounds, was Hyena. One day, while they were taking an amiable stroll together, he came across a rather beautiful cloak. It was a rich green and made of the softest fabric they had ever felt. In the distance, Jackal saw dust flying up off the plain, and realised that a rider sat upon his camel must have dropped it without realising it. Oh well, one person's loss is another's gain, Jackal thought, and reached for the cloak. But Hyena protested. Hang on now, why should you alone take the cloak, Jackal? We both found it, and really I spotted it first, so I should have it. Hyena added, putting one paw carefully on the cloak in ownership. Ah, but my keen eyes have spotted the rider who dropped it in the first place, so I should have it, said Jackal, also placing a paw delicately on the cloak. They bickered and snapped at each other for some time, before finally declaring a truce. Hyena would wear the cloak during the day, and Jackal would wear it during the night. And so for a while this appeased them, 
and they continued their daily meetings and strolls. Eventually, however, Jackal grew tired of the arrangement. Hyena, I think our arrangement is unfair. You get to wear the cloak during the day, and all your friends ooh and ah over it. But when I wear it at night, many of my good friends are asleep or too busy prowling to come and see me, he said. It is only fair, then, that I am allowed to wear it during the day sometimes, he added. But Hyena refused, afraid that Jackal would take the cloak, and refused to give it back. And so they bickered again and snapped at each other once more, until finally, Hyena proposed another option. Why don't we go talk to Lion? he asked. He is the king of the land and a fair judge. He will know who most deserves the cloak. Jackal pondered these words for a time. Lion was indeed fair, although Jackal was wary of the fact that his father and Lion had a rather bad history, and he hoped that this would not disadvantage him. After a while, he said, Very well, let us go to Lion. And so off they went, and since it was daytime and a new agreement had yet to be brokered, Aida wore the contested cloak. Soon they came upon Lion's mighty den, where within lay many lionesses, cubs, and of course, mighty Lion himself, all sheltering from the hot sun. The two of them approached Lion as he lay drowsing on a large slab of stone, flinching in unison as one of the lionesses glared at them and bared her teeth with a soft growl. Uh, <clears throat> pardon us, mighty Lion, for disturbing your slumber, began Hyena, glancing nervously at the protective lioness, who lazily licked Lion's ear to rouse him. Uh, yes, indeed, pardon us. We have merely come to receive your wise guidance on a matter most urgent. Jackal added, avoiding the lioness's steely gaze. Lion yawned wide, his large teeth gleaming in the morning sun. Oh, yes, yes, very well. What is it? He grumbled, heaving himself into a semi-upright position, and rubbing his face briefly against the lioness next to him. Jackal explained the situation in great detail. He explained it in such great detail that Lion had almost dozed off again by the time he had finished. Hyena cleared his throat. <coughs> what, 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 what? Lion jerked awake again and scowled down in annoyance at the two beasts. He huffed. Ugh, very well then. Place the cloak on the ground before me so that I can take a good look at it and decide what must be done. Jackal and Hyena obeyed him, spreading the cloak down in the space between them. Lion drew himself up and approached the cloak, inspecting it with keen eyes and sniffing it curiously. It had the stench of humans. Hmm, humans. I'm hungry. Lion thought gloomily. The lioness flicked her tail gently against his. Lion shook his head. Right, <clears throat> focus on the task. After a moment of silence, he sat down heavily on his haunches and gazed at Jackal and Hyena in turn. They waltzed slightly under his heavy gaze. Hyena. You are not the strongest nor bravest of creatures, yet your heart is true, and I've witnessed firsthand your compassion for the weakest among us. Lion began, addressing Hyena first. Hyena's chest inflated with pride. Jackal rolled his eyes in annoyance, and then froze when Lion fixed his gaze upon him. Jackal, Lion said, his tone several degrees colder. Your father was a menace, a trickster, and betrayed me far too many times. Jackal gulped. But you appear to have a more pleasant nature, some good friends, 
And I've yet to see you adopt your father's ways. Lane continued. I am a fair judge and will not hold the actions of a father against a son. With that, he picked up the cloak and led them out of the den, pausing at the entrance to place it back down again. My judgment is this. The one who rings the bell first at the nearest mosque at dawn tomorrow shall claim the cloak as his own. Lion declared with a sage nod. Now leave me be, he added with a sudden growl, prompting Jacqueline and Hyena to yelp and fly away, barely remembering to snatch up the cloak as they went. That night, Jackal and Aina lay on either side of the cloak. Jackal was fast asleep within seconds, snoring lightly as the moon shone down on them. Aina, however, refused to sleep a wink, fearing that Jackal would beat him to the mosque. When dawn just began to stretch across the sky, Aina rose and bolted off towards the mosque, convinced he would reach it first. Jackal, meanwhile, rose slowly and stretched lazily. He yawned and scratched his ear. Then, with a final shake, he gathered up the green cloak and loped off. <laughs> Good luck to you, dear Hyena. Good luck to you, he cried with a great laugh. After many miles, Jackal finally entered a new territory and decided that he was safe from Hyena and slowed to a trot. He soon spotted two creatures engaged in a very serious conversation. It was Lion and Hyena. Not lion and hyena from before, mind you. Remember, this is a new part of the land, and so this was lion and hyena from this part of the land. Got it? No, that's all right. It's confusing for me too, and I'm the bloody narrator. So Jackal spotted lion and hyena in deep conversation, and trotted over merrily to them. Pardon for the intrusion, my friends, but I could not help noticing that you two were in deep conversation about something, and I wondered if I could perhaps join what must be an engaging debate. Jackal asked them politely. Lion nodded pleasantly. Yes, yes, of course. Please, please, sit down and spend some moments with us, he said, motioning for Jackal to join them. Hyena let out his signature laugh in agreement <laughs> and made space for Jackal. Yes, well, um, Hyena and I were just debating over the best place to find dinner. I suggested the mountains, and Hyena believes the forest will do better. What are your thoughts, dear friend? Lion explained to Jackal. Our mischievous jackal pondered this for some moments and then spoke. Well, I have just come from the plain over there and spied some sheep grazing. They had wandered into a little valley away from the watchful eye of the shepherd, and will be easy pickings for great predators such as yourselves. If you would be so willing, I could take you to them now and we could all enjoy a lovely meal, jackal proposed. Lion was impressed and agreed. Jackal, lion, and hyena all crept along the mouth of the valley until they saw a ram, a lamb, and a sheep, all feasting on the tasty grass within the valley. Lion turned to Hyena and whispered, Now, how, how do you propose we divide them among us, Hyena? Hyena replied without much thought, Oh, simple, 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 the lamb for me, the sheep for Jackal, and the ram for you. Poor Hyena. He really should have thought over the question a bit more. Lion hissed out and grabbed Hyena by his throat. So you judge that I, a mighty lion, should have the leanest and boniest creature of the lot? I'll teach you to try to skin me. And with that, Lion gave Ahina two powerful swipes and threw him dead to the ground. Jackal, who had been watching the scene unfold before him, blinked calmly as Lion turned to him. And Jackal, how would you deem to divide our meal? Jackal replied promptly. 
Simple. You, mighty lion, will breakfast off the lamb, dine off the sheep, and sup on the ram. This pleased lion so greatly that he failed to notice two figures approaching behind them. Why, yes! <laughs> How wise of you, jackal! Tell me, who taught you such wisdom? Lion asked. Jackal laughed. <laughs> Why, the fate of the hyena, my friend. And now I will learn from your fate, too. Bye! He let out a wild howl and beat a hasty retreat, as Lion turned in confusion, only to be met by the spears of the shepherds. And so once again Jackal was running off, always careful to avoid punishment for his tricky ways. Soon he grew tired, and flung himself beneath the tree, panting heavily. Just as he started to doze, the green cloak wrapped warmly around him, the grass beside him rustled, and Hedgehog appeared out of the tall blades. Now Hedgehog was an old friend of Jackal's father, and while Jackal remembered how his father would often talk fondly about his little friend, Jackal also remembered how his father delighted in describing the many ways he tricked Hedgehog. The little spiny hog paused and looked up at Jackal, recognising him quickly. Why, it's Jackal's boy! What a strange thing for us to meet when we are both so far from home! What brings you here? he asked. Jackal grumbled. Irritable about how tired he had become. <sighs> I have just avoided a narrow escape and I'm dog-tired. Let me rest and then we can talk and amuse ourselves, he said, and settled down to sleep. Upon waking, he met up again with Hedgehog. Very well, what do you have in mind? he asked him as they began walking slowly together. Hedgehog nodded his head in the direction of a clump of trees. There is a small valley beyond those trees, and within the valley is a small farmhouse. I have been watching their ways for a while, and managed to sneak a small bite of the butter they make. It is the most divine thing in the world, he exclaimed, eyes bright with delight. Jackal felt his stomach respond with a grumble, and licked his lips. I'm listening. Now, continued Hedgehog, in about an hour's time, the farmer's wife will go off to milk the cows who graze at a distance from the shed in which they keep the butter. Between the two of us, we can enjoy some scrumptious butter, Hedgehog said with an ecstatic skip. I will keep watch while you eat, and you will do the same while I eat, he added. Jackal was very much sold on the idea, and they quickly made their way towards the farmhouse. When they approached the shed, Hedgehog cautiously looked around for the farmer or his wife. Jackal motioned towards the row of pots sitting on the ledge. There, he said. Go fetch all of those pots of butter, Hedgehog, and I will hide them in a safe place. But Hedgehog shook his head in fear. Oh no, Jackal, they would certainly notice that. That's so different to only eating a little now and then, he cried. But Jackal growled at him in irritation and pushed him forward. Do as I say, Hedgehog, he snapped. And poor little Hedgehog was so shocked to see Jackal's large teeth snapping at him that off he went to go fetch the butter. He passed the jars one by one to Jackal, who set them all down in a row. When Hedgehog leaped back down to the ground, Jackal suddenly stiffened and whispered urgently to him. Run for your life, Hedgehog! I see the farmer's wife coming over the hill towards us. Go now! He cried, and Hedgehog, his little heart beating a quick tempo, scurried away as quickly as he could. But Jackal watched him with a grin, and then he was laughing and laughing and laughing. He had tripped Hedgehog, of course, for the farmer's wife was nowhere to be seen. Jackal simply didn't want Hedgehog to know where he was going to hide the jars of butter. So gathering up all the little jars, Jackal hid them in a very safe place, 
and went off to find Hedgehog. When he met up with the little creature again, he showed them that he was able to escape with all the jars of butter, and hid them safely away. But we can't go get them just yet, Jackal said, for the farmer has noticed that they are gone, and is out looking for them with a large gun. We'll need to lay low and wait a few days before getting the butter back. Hedgehog agreed. Jackal, meanwhile, secretly snuck out to the hiding spot, stole a bit of butter every day, enjoying its delicious taste, while poor Hedgehog had nothing. One day, Hedgehog asked him if there was any chance that the farmer had stopped looking, and if they could go get their butter back. But Jackal told them that he had seen the farmer prowling around, and that it was still not safe. In reality, the farmer had given up a few days ago. Jackal went out once more, and stole more butter for himself. Eventually, little Hedgehog got suspicious. He went to Jackal and demanded that he bring out the butter. Tonight, when it is dark, you will take me to where you've hidden the jars, he said. But Jackal refused. I mean, dear Hedgehog, it is simply too dangerous. But I see that the farmer is beginning to lose hope. So give it a few more days, and then we can go get the jars, Jackal said, thinking to himself that he will soon abandon Hedgehog as soon as he had finished the butter. So Hedgehog kept quiet, until one day, he woke Jackal up with an urgent shake. Jackal, I just got a message from my family that they are throwing a magnificent feast. Would you care to join? He asked, knowing Jackal's weakness for food. Jackal licked his lips and nodded. Hmm, I would certainly like to come, dear Hedgehog, he replied. I will meet you on the road, for I must first run an errand, he added. His errand, of course, was that he wanted a spot of butter for the morning. Hedgehog agreed and left him. He had made sure to get to the meeting place early and waited there for Jackal. Soon the loping form of Jackal appeared, and Hedgehog urgently ran up to him. Ah, there you are! I had almost hoped you wouldn't come. There was no way to warn you, he cried out, much to Jackal's confusion. Warn me? What's the matter with you? he said with a frown. Hedgehog looked about them frantically. Oh, I must find a place to hide you and fast! Jackal huffed and twitched his tail in agitation. Calm down, you silly thing. Why do you need to hide me? he asked. Hedgehog sighed. I didn't realize that my family had invited so many dogs, hyenas, and rival jackals to the feast. I am worried that they will attack you, especially after word got out about how you tricked hyena and lion, he said. Jackal suddenly grew very fearful and tried to head back on the road, but Hedgehog quickly stopped him. No, don't! They are coming from that way too. Quick! Lie down here, and I will pile sacks upon you, so that you will blend into the farmland. And Jackal, in his fear, obeyed him instantly, lying down and letting Hedgehog cover him with empty sacks. Soon he heard the rumbling noise of what could only be many dogs and hyenas and jackals. It grew louder and louder. And then, the great stone, which little Hedgehog had managed to set off, rolled down the hill and crushed Jackal to death. So now Jackal and Jackal the Elder had moved on to the next world, but Jackal the Younger, whom we shall call Jackal for, that's right, you guessed it, the sake of efficiency, was just as tricky and mischievous as his brother and father. This Jackal was a bit of a nomad, always wandering from place to place, and no one ever really knew where he was. On one of these travels, Jackal came across a rather plump sheep who was chomping happily on the grass. Jackal smiled smugly as a devious plan formed in his mind. He bounded up to the sheep with a wide grin. Good morning, dear sheep, good morning, good morning, he exclaimed. I finally found you. 
Sheep gazed at him, confused. Me? she replied in astonishment. But we have never met. Why were you looking for me? Sheep asked. Ah, we may not have met, but I have heard much about you, Jackal said with a look of awe on his face. The admirable and fine things that have been said about you, I am truly amazed, my dear Sheep. Sheep looked simultaneously pleased and confused. Well, that is very kind of you to say, Jackal, very kind indeed. Uh, can I help you in any way? She added. Jackal nodded. There is, in fact. I, I actually have a proposition for you. Although I, I know it is an odd thing to ask of an acquaintance, but, well, after everything I've heard of you, I thought that it would be fine, Jackal said. I propose that you and I keep house together. I own some fields nearby, which I thought we both may benefit from. Sheep pondered this for a while, and then spoke hesitantly. Uh, well, that is a fine proposition. I suppose I may come join you for some time. And if we do not work out, we can just part company amicably, she added. Jackal was overjoyed. Oh, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let us not waste any more time. And with a friendly grin, he gestured for these poor for sheep to follow him. Sheep, drawn in by Jackal's charisma, got up and followed him back to Jackal's home. Once they had reached the field, Jackal immediately began work. You fetch the water, Sheep, and I'll pour it into the trenches that run between the rows of corn, he told Sheep, and began to sing joyfully and loudly. Drawing and carrying the water was very hard work, but Sheep did not complain. Soon the work paid off, and little green shoots poked up through the earth. The grain was soon ready and it was cut, ground, and sold. Sheep handed the scales to Jackal for him to weigh out the individual portions. And so Jackal began to weigh it, counting out loud as he went. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven parts for the Jackal, and one part for Sheep. If she likes it, she can take it. If not, she can leave it. Sheep gazed at the two piles in disappointment. One pile was very large, the other very small. Um... Wait a moment while I go fetch a sack to put my portion in, dear Jackal, Sheep said, seemingly willing to accept Jackal's unfair deal. Jackal nodded, thinking nothing of it, and Sheep quickly rushed off. She headed to her uncle's house, the renowned Greyhound, who would be able to help her. She arrived panting at his house and cried out for him. Oh, good uncle! Good uncle! Please come and help me, I pray you! Greyhound emerged from his house in a hurry, shocked at Sheep's frantic tone. What is the matter, dear girl? Please, I beg you to come with me back to Jackal's house and set him right, Sheep pleaded. We went in together for business for months now. Twice every day, I draw the water and carry it to the field. And Jackal simply pours it into the trenches. I do the hard work, but he wants to take the larger portion of the crops. It's unfair, but I, I'm afraid of facing him alone. Please help me, uncle. Sheep twisted around and passed her woolly tail over her eyes. Greyhound was silent for a moment before speaking. Bring me a sack. And Sheep quickly brought one. Greyhound slipped into the sack and curled up. Now, take me hidden in the sack to Jackal. When we arrive, throw me on the ground. No, do not worry for me, Greyhound assured her, as Sheep started to protest. I am strong, he continued. Throw me on the ground, so that he may think there is nothing in there. Then, ask him to divide the portions once again. 
give him one last chance to justify himself, and, if he persists with his selfish attitude, tell him that you bear no ill will towards him, but that you have brought dates for him to eat. When he approaches this sack, then we will see if Jackal is as brave as he is cunning. And with those words, she quickly returned to Jackal's farm, carrying her uncle Greyhound in the sack with her. She found Jackal pretending to sleep, although she saw him wink an eye. Throwing the sack roughly to the ground as instructed, she demanded that Jackal portion up the crop once more. So Jackal got up, and with the roll of his eyes, divided it as before, seven portions for him, and one for sheep. Why are you giving me the smaller portion when I did the hard work of bringing the water? That is very unfair, she accused him. Jackal chuckled. <laughs> but you have it all wrong, sheep. It was I who drew the water and carried it, and you who did the easy work of pouring it in. Now come, let us ask those labouring moles over there. He added, pointing to some moles nearby who were digging tunnels for their home. Oh there, diggers. Tell me, who is it you heard singing over the work? Jackal called out to the moles. Why, it was you, Jackal. Everyone within miles could have heard your hearty singing, they answered back. Jackal nodded smugly. And who sings over the work? The one who draws the water, or the one who pours it? The one who draws the water, of course, they replied. Jackal turned back to Sheep, a satisfied smile on his face. Well then, it seems very clear to me. So come take your portion, or I will take it, he said gruffly. Sheep looked downcast and nodded. Oh, very well. I bear you no ill will, Jackal. Please, have some of the dates I brought in the sack, and we will part as friends, she said, gesturing to the sack. Jackal loved dates, and so he bounded over to the sack in excitement, and eagerly ripped open the mouth of the sack. He was about to stick his nose in, when he saw two dark brown eyes staring back at him. They glared at him with so much disgust and hate that Jekyll almost fell over backward in shock. He quickly let go of the sack and hurried back to Sheep, who stood watching him with a very satisfied smirk on her face. <laughs> now see here, Sheep, I was only joking, Jekyll stammered out, quickly taking up the portions of grain once more. I was only having fun and you went and brought your Uncle Greyhound. <laughs> yeah, here's your portion, he said, passing all seven portions to her. And, and, and one for me. Jackal scraped his small portion into a sack miserably. Sheep grinned. Good, that's better. Now take your portion and leave, she shouted out, making Jackal yelp, turn tail, and run as fast as he could. He flew over the plain and away, and whenever Sheep looked up, she still saw him flying, flying across the plain. And for all we know, he may be flying across it still. so much fun with these stories. As mischievous and terrible as Jackal can be, I really enjoy his devious ways. There's just something very endearing about him. But I am glad that all three members of the Jackal family got their comeuppance. Although, I thought it was a bit harsh that Hedgehog killed Jackal the Elder, but I guess it just goes to show. Don't piss off hedgehogs. As always, I fleshed out the story by adding more characterization, background, more bits of the dialogue, and more descriptions. For example, I added characterization to Lion in the second story and add in the bit with Linus is protective over him. In the third story where Jacko asks uh, asks the moles to confirm who is singing, 
in this whole story, he actually asks some humans who are digging nearby to confirm that he was singing. But I changed that to moles digging tunnels. I thought it was a bit weird to have Jackal speak with humans, given that in the other stories, the humans were hunting the animals. But I also thought it would be funny for the animals to be moles, since moles are almost blind and rely on their hearing. So they are perfect accomplices, albeit unknowing accomplices, to Jackal's tricky ways. I love the original tales, but I can't help but add my own little bit to them whenever I retell these stories. I hope you enjoy these Jackal tales too. The stories of Jackal the Elder and Jackal the Younger originated in Northern Africa, and that's why we see a musk feature in the one story. I thought it was interesting that in the third story, Greyhound was Sheep's uncle. I wouldn't have put these two animals together, but the Arabian Greyhound is a nice choice, as it is a guard dog, so it protecting sheep actually makes sense. It was also trained to hunt jackals, as well as other creatures, so it really is very apt. Our first story of jackal stealing water is based on a tale in the Grey Fairy book, written by Andrew Lang in 1900. And the other two stories are based on tales in the Orange Fairy book by Andrew Lang, written in 1906. This episode's podcast shout-out is to the History of Africa podcast. This is an absolutely brilliant podcast that dives deep into African history. Researching African history can be difficult as there is not nearly as much information um, available out there, or rather, there's really not that much unbiased information available out there as there should be, but this podcast does an excellent job of digging deep into that, um, into that research. I was really excited to discover this podcast because personally, I don't know of another podcast that focuses exclusively on African history. I just think that it's such a step forward that one actually exists. I am lucky enough to have a trailer from this podcast, so please enjoy. Africa is a land with endless stories to tell. From epic battles, brilliant rulers, and the dramatic rise and fall of civilizations, join us on the History of Africa podcast to learn the too often unknown stories of the African continent. From the sands of Cairo to the plains of Zimbabwe, and from the mountains of Ethiopia to the forests of the Congo, find the History of Africa podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And now I must love and leave you. Legendary Africa is produced and edited by the incredible Canine and Co. Headed by, you know it, Esti the Dog and Athena the Doggo. And hosted by me, the Shirapata. Legendary Africa belongs to the fantastic Straight Up Strange Network, so be sure to check out the Straight Up Strange website in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on Apple, Spotify, Podchaser, or uh, wherever you can. And remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at LegendaryPod1 and LegendaryPod. Share with your friends and family. It's the best way to support indie podcasters like me. Until next time, stay safe, stay sexy, and stay legendary. Bye! Do what everyone else does and exit the episode before the enemy that got finished playing, so she went on a lunch break.
She calls it a lunch break. But really, it lasts almost two hours, so who is she kidding? She's like, oh, I'll just watch one episode of Shit's Creek. And then, when I put my head in to check on her, what do I see? Binge watching, that's what I see. I tell you, it is exhausting to carry the weight of this entire podcast on my little wings. You have no idea. Anyway, scram, will ya? I've got this extremely innocent and not at all dangerous experiment to finish, and you're blocking my test tubes. Yeah, eat it. Press the button. Seriously, be gone. Thank you.